It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Eagles are heading to the Super Bowl, which of course means fantasy football is officially dead, right? Ooh, no, no, no. Still going strong with one-week fantasy football at DraftKings. The fantasy football season doesn't end until the games do, so while your season-long league is done, it's not too late to draft a new team and win money while doing so. DraftKings is introducing Single Game Showdown, which is the newest way to play one-week fantasy football, and drafting your team is even faster. All you have to do, draft six players, four offensive, two defensive, all from one game. And of course, as always, you can choose between public contests with big cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against a group of friends, which is what we're going to continue to do each and every week. So get to DraftKings.com right now. Use the promo code BGNR to play for free with your first deposit for your share of hundreds of thousands of dollars in total prizes the weekend of the big game. That's promo code BGNR to compete for your share of hundreds of thousands of dollars in prizes. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. John Barchard said it. I'm going to say it because how many times do you get to say Super Bowl Nation because your, our, this city's Philadelphia Eagles are going to the freaking Super Bowl. I am James Seltzer. This is maybe episode 296, maybe a uh, a daily episode. Who the hell knows? We're just bringing you Super Bowl content because I know like you guys, uh, I-, I can't get enough. All I want to do is think about the Super Bowl. All I want to do is talk about the Super Bowl. All I want to do is listen to people talk about the Super Bowl. I-, I want everything Super Bowl all the time pumped into my veins for the next two weeks, and I know that's true. Uh, for my my good friend, my dear friend, who even if it weren't true, he wouldn't have a choice because he has so much content he's going to have coming your way at BleedingGreenNation.com. Come over the next couple of weeks, our fearless leader, editor-in-chief over there, Mr. Brandon Lee Gouton, BLG. What's up, brother? James, it is a pleasure to have you. If this is indeed a daily, if we're counting this as a daily, you would be the first guest on the afternoon QB with BLG. So, uh, congrats. Uh, a higher honor I have never been bestowed. <laughs> there, There is no higher honor, I believe. So, yeah, man, it's, it's awesome to be here. Um, it's just honestly... I think I should, just to to give this uh, a frame of reference right now. I mean, like the Eagles are you know getting this big lead against the Vikings in the NFC Championship game, and I'm just thinking to myself, you know, 
this is awesome as you know for, for the the fans and everything in that mindset but at the same time it's like all right and it's awesome professionally in terms of we get to cover a super bowl but it's also there's a part that's like oh my gosh i'm covering a super bowl like what do i even do because there's just <laughs> there's so much to cover i think I'm, i was thinking today i'm actually going to do an article on bleedinggreennation.com about what do you want to see out of the, your, the our site super bowl coverage in terms of you know we're gonna i'm gonna be there starting next monday through the next week there so i'm going to be there in minnesota for a week you can tell me in that post whenever i get that up what you want to see out of the coverage because there's going to be a lot of things to talk about and we still have two weeks before just under two weeks before the actual game so it's an exciting time it's a it's a crazy time it's a time just not that we're, we're not used to yeah you could say that again uh brandon uh i am 36 years old uh, and this is the second time this has ever happened in my lifetime. And uh, certainly the first time I'm covering it and involved in it. And uh, it's so awesome that you're going to be out in Minnesota. Brandon's going to have all the coverage from on the ground out there. And uh, yeah, man, it's um, it's one of those things where, you know, professionally, it's it's such a super cool thing and uh, a very awesome experience, awesome, uh, humbling that, that anyone wants to listen to or read us with their Super Bowl coverage. It's an honor, uh, like, you know, to, to be able to, to offer that. But at the same time, you know, as anyone who's ever listened to these shows knows you, me, John, all of us, uh, we are diehard, passionate, you know, bleed green Eagles fans. So it's one of those things where not only, uh, are we getting the opportunity to cover this game, but we're getting the opportunity where potentially after 60 more minutes of football, everything we've ever wanted as Eagles fans could happen. And I know that, that both of us are, are pretty bullish on the opportunity for the Eagles. And we'll get into that as the week goes on coming up. We'll also look ahead to the, to the weeks coming up here in terms of some storylines and what we might see coming up over the next couple of weeks. But I, I, I don't want to, as excited as I am for those 60 minutes, as excited as I am for the whole two-week lead-up for it to be Eagles all the all the time on the center stage of the NFL, you know, universe. Um, I, I can't wait for all that, but I feel remiss. We have you here. You know, we did the post game show last night. We had you on for a few minutes, but uh, I just want to want to for a second. Let's all revel in what was potentially the best game in Eagles history. Maybe definitely at least since you know the Super Bowl era. I should say. Obviously, they won a championship in sixty and forty seven and forty or 48 and 49, whatever it is, 47, 48. Um, but, uh, you know, at least in terms of the Super Bowl era, you know, they, they, they've only won that game three times. It's their their highest achievement. And, and BLG, they did it in commanding, resoundingly commanding fashion against a, a really good Vikings football team. You were in the stadium. Uh, just, you know, give us a feel. What was it like to be in the link? I know... Everyone said it. Everyone who was watching knows it's the loudest they've ever heard that place. But, but kind of tell us what it was like to be in there and to see, you know, the, the the Vikings go up and then all of a sudden 38 unanswered. Yeah, I think the game is a really good – it fits well with how this season has gone in terms of everything you expect. No, that's not going to happen. It's going to mm-hmm. go into a different way, in a good way. And that's that's how it was. I mean, we were all talking about how – you know, it's going to be a defensive battle, two tough defenses, and, you know, low scoring decided by a last-minute field goal or something like that. I mean, just not even the case in the game. The game was 
over, basically, I think, in some ways. It felt like it to me, at least, by halftime, and they really just ended it from there. Uh, the energy in the atmosphere at the link was just incredible. I said it last week that it, the link was the loudest it's ever been in my experience against the Falcons, and to to noticeably one-up that, it makes sense. It's a higher-stakes game in the NFC Championship game, but Eagles fans really did it, and you could just tell. Uh, for example, when some of you know sometimes the the players from the home team or the away team you know run out to do some warm-ups, not in a big group together, but just you know maybe like two or three players at a time, maybe uh, seven and or ten at a time, depending on the position group. And whenever it was Eagles, there was just super loud cheers, and the stadium wasn't even full yet. You know, there's still a ton of empty seats because this is about like an hour out from actual kickoff time and the same thing uh except booze with the vikings whenever the vikings would run out so i, I you could just tell this crowd was ready the being at the bgn radio tailgate show you could tell that the energy in the lots there just weren't even a lot of vikings fans out there based on what i saw i think i said i counted like 15 total from my time walking a long walk too mm-hmm. from <laughs> wells fargo uh over to the jetro lot so you could just tell this was going to be a special kind of atmosphere, and the crowd was doing a great job. They were, they were doing a fake skull chant, which, which was turned amazing. into a, a fool's chant. That was so awesome. <laughs> they did that. They were chanting, we want Brady, which is like, in this way, it's like, please don't say that. At the same time, it's like, wait, no, we can say that. You earned it. Like You earned the ability to say that, the way this season has gone. This crowd was great. Uh, I think you look back at how... Eagles are now like 15-3 and three it is during the Doug Peterson era since the beginning of 2016. No team has had a better home field advantage than the Eagles, and that's that's the facts. And, of course, one of those losses when it was in Week 17 when the Eagles didn't even really try. So it's been incredible atmosphere at the link. It kind of makes me wish the Super Bowl could just be played in Philly because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, my right. gosh, like – if it was like there were just, I mean, I, I, I we'll get to this later in the week. I feel good about the Eagles' chances. I don't want to spoil everything too soon, but man, like if that game was actually there, I mean, I, there'd be zero doubt in my mind. So it was an awesome atmosphere, and just to be there and and you know see the post game celebration live. I remember being a kid and watching Terry Bradshaw and Brian Dawkins on my television. I mean, I could have never dreamed of like being there in person. You know, like in the press box, kind of watching that and seeing the confetti. And just seeing all that stuff. And really you have a better view when you're watching the TV than you do there. But um, it was just really incredible. And, and always hard to believe that it's actually happening right now and we're in this moment. Doug Peterson undefeated in the playoffs. You're damn right <laughs> about that. Uh, but no, man. I, and look, we knew it was a special day. Whenever whenever BLG actually stops by the BGN radio tailgate and Jetro lot, that means it's going to be a special day. And BG, BLG popped in and, and brought it and then headed to the press box. A terrific job by BLG. And really, we had so much fun down there with the speakers. And we were we were blasting dog barking noises every time Vikings fans walked by through the speakers, which was a lot funnier than it probably should have been. But, you know, it was all in good fun. And, and like you said, BLG, there weren't that many of them. So it was, uh, it was, there was an electricity there that we certainly haven't felt being in, you know, the lot for every single home game that this season doing that tailgate, uh, nothing was even close to what it felt like yesterday. And uh, it, look, it just felt, I said yesterday before the show that 
Um, I, you know, I, I've been, I was very confident they were going to beat the Falcons all week. I, I predicted 19 to 10, obviously we all didn't see, uh, I got the Falcon score or the Viking score pretty close, just not, uh, not the Eagle score. Um, but I, I, I said yesterday that I, I, while I felt incredibly confident, I had, I had woken up five times for an NFC championship game in my life and four times I had lost. So, uh, you know, that, that memory was stuck with me, but I, I, it really felt like a changing in the guard yesterday, man, especially with the Vikings going out 7 nothing, and then 38 unanswered points. Uh, I want to start to kind of look at here, but uh, we, a quick couple uh, opportunities to give some due. Uh, one, uh, you know, look, I think we both agree. I have, uh, I have kind of turned the, my, my, uh, my stance uh, 180 degrees since the beginning of the season. It was pretty quick, but... I mean, Doug Peterson with a masterful, brilliant, just uh, unbelievably um, well put together game plan and and in-game managing and just showing everyone, even Mike Lombardi coming out and saying, yeah, that guy's a good coach. I was wrong. Uh, Even more fervently than last week. Um, BLG, uh, you know, obviously we all are impressed with Doug Peterson, but what was it the most about Doug last night that kind of really stood out to you? Man, I think it's just another confirmation of how, how – this is where I'm at with Doug Peterson. I think he just checks off every box. Like, what more could you want to see? I mean, obviously a Super Bowl win, but in terms of just qualities that you're trying to, to check off there, I mean, he has everything right now. I mean, he's maybe he's not the most media-savvy person in terms of being, like, witty and, and, like, Chip Kelly was, but, like, who cares? What does that mean? I mean, what does that matter? Uh, Doug has everything you actually want in terms of winning games. He's he's incredibly creative on offense. I mean, he finally broke out a trick play, and that's just think about what I said there. Like he's creative on offense, and he, it took him this long to like really break out a trick play. Like that's how mm-hmm. creative he's been able to to be. Like he doesn't need to rely on that stuff. Just some of the things he's been able to do in terms of setting up screens or the frequency of which he calls them. Uh, just just being so diverse in the in the what the Eagles run, there's so many different kind of plays they run. I think we maybe we could look back, and I think there was a time where uh, some people might have been concerned. I remember like people kind of making a big issue out of like, oh, Doug Peterson's gonna call the the play, and like Frank Reich's gonna relay it to Carson Wentz. Like, isn't that gonna be confusing? I mean, how many times have we ever even talked about that ever after that moment never. when he was first hired? Like, never. Yeah, never. But I, I think that's what kind of like that's the appeal. It's the exact opposite in many ways. Doug Peterson is the exact opposite of Chip Kelly. He's what we thought Chip this, was gonna be. Yeah, it's it is, and it's so weird because it's not an offense that has four plays that they run all the time. It's an offense that has a ton of plays that they can go to. And in the case of Corey Clement last night, running that flea flicker, that's something Corey Clement hadn't even practiced like personally. But, you know, he's watching them practice it. I think they said they did it with Jay Ajayi instead. So, you know, he trusts these players, even though they might not get those reps all the time, to kind of mix that in there because that's the kind of the faith he has in these guys and the confidence he has in them ability and their ability to execute. I think that says a lot about the uh, – I think that means a lot to the players to have a coach that trusts them so much. I think it helps make them feel good. Uh, Doug, he has it all right now, man. I think – Look, I give Nick Foles all the credit. He's obviously played well better than I would have expected, but let's be real. Like he's not playing this well in my mind at least with without Doug. Like Doug is a big reason 
why he's being able to set up to have success. And to his credit, Nicky Foles is executing the offense in front of him. That's that's great. But Doug, man, like it comes down to the coaching in the NFL. And it's at the point now where we're going into a Super Bowl game. And does it really even feel like a huge mismatch? And that's the other that's the best coach or at least very one of the best coaches in NFL history the on the sideline. The best. The best. Let's say the best. But do, do, I'm asking you. No, it doesn't even I, feel I, like it's like the biggest mismatch ever. Absolutely not. I mean, like, look, you, you definitely take Belichick. And there's no question. Just even on the sure. the experience of the Super Bowl coaching that game alone. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard to believe how confident I feel in Doug Peterson matching wits with Bill Belichick. Like that's that if you had said that to me before the season, I would have told you you were ridiculous and to to get away from me. (laughs) And, uh, and it's, and it's true. Like he has been masterful uh, across the board. And, and, you know, you talked about it, the scheme, the creativity, the trust in his guys, but obviously we've talked a ton about the balls, which, you know, sometimes get, get a little scary, but, Ultimately, I think more often than not have really been beneficial for this team, his gutsy attitude. I think we talked about Carson's gutsy, you know, kind of toughness and how this team responded to that and, and followed behind that. And it was a it felt like it was a, a mentality for the team as a whole. I think that comes from Doug too, man. And maybe that's where Carson got it to begin with because that that just is Doug's attitude, man. He's aggressive and he's gutsy. But the, the key is that he's, he remains even keel. You heard all these guys say it going into the playoffs. Like Doug is the same dude he's been all season long. He's not letting this moment make him be different with his guys or act differently or coach differently or whatever. And I think that's one of the greatest signs. I think, you know, look, that's literally the opposite of Andy Reid, right? I mean, um, so I think that has been um, so impressive. And speaking of the, the opposite of Andy Reid, the time management, I mean, you look up in the fourth quarter and Peterson has all his timeouts. Always, every game. It is so yeah. impressive. And um, and then just most importantly for me, you know, football is a game about execution. It is a game obviously about emotion and wanting it more and, and talent and all that stuff. But but generally, more often than not, the team that executes better and, and executes significantly better is going to win and, and that's usually because they're incredibly well coached and this team executes so well. And more importantly, they're always ready to play. They come out and they are ready to play. And even if they get punched in the mouth, like they did at the start of that Vikings game, they fight back and they, they it's just, um, it's been an awesome thing. And I, and I give Doug a ton of credit. I do have to say though, you did call him Nikki Foles. Give the man a little credit. You went Nikki. <laughs> you went Nikki. And I know that you had a big role in this. The 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 doubt, the the yes. you know, everything you did really fueled Nick. Obviously, uh, he's a big big you know, he really just wants to make you happy. But um I mean, for what it's worth, Nick was was pretty amazing. And, and Doug put him in the positions for that, but I mean, the man had a perfect quarterback rating in the second half. He went 10 for 14 on third down against the best third down defense since 1991. Uh, Nick Foles really, really showed something last night. Yeah, I liked what we saw out of him in terms of what he was actually doing. Sometimes, like, people look back at that seven-touchdown performance and they're like, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. I think this was actually more impressive in terms of, like, it wasn't just – Raiders defensive backs falling down and people being wide open all the time. I mean, Alshon got wide open, but I think that's because he ran a nice double move there. And and Foles did great uh, keeping that play alive in the pocket, keeping his eyes down the field. 
uh, kind of sh- shuffling around. I'm pretty sure Carson Wentz taught him how to do that. I'm pretty sure some like some of those throws they were just like, all right, Nick, like in between this this gap we have from the end of the the play or the regular season here until the playoffs, why don't you just like watch Carson's highlights and try to try to do some of that? Um, I'm just kidding, of course. Uh, you but, know what, though? I, I do think there's something to that. I mean, they all work together. They see what they do. I don't think it's specifically yeah. trying to in, in uh, like imitate Carson, yeah. but it's also right. watching the, that play, watching Carson Wentz run some of those exact same plays and seeing some of the plays that guy makes where the instincts take over. Maybe Nick looks at that and goes, oh, maybe I should do that in that scenario. I, I think there's something to it, PLG, and, and especially I think you, you hit on something really important there. I think last night was the best pocket awareness and pocket yeah. mobility um, we've seen from Nick Foles maybe ever. Yeah, and, I mean, you got to give credit to the offensive line here too. They've been they've been outstanding. They really have. They've allowed only what? He, uh, I tweeted it earlier today, and now I can't remember it, but they've only allowed, I think, nine hits – and yeah, two sacks in these two playoff games. Where on the flip side, the Eagles' defense has generated four sacks and nineteen quarterback hits. So Ew. offensive line has been playing great. Everyone's talking about how Big V played well in Everson Griffin. That was great. Um, just as a whole, that unit is was supposed to be one of the strengths of this team, and they have been. It's been great. I think maybe we all kind of were a little unsure when we heard. PFF say they had the best offensive line back in the summer, but I mean they're playing like the best offensive line oh, right now. And, and that was said when Jason Peter and Big V has been—he was a revelation. That might have been the best game he's ever played yesterday too. But yeah. I mean, with Jason Peters is probably best offensive line in football. <laughs> you know, shout out, yeah. shout out to yeah, PFF. Absolutely. So I mean, uh, just like you said, the, the the pocket presence, the footwork was looking better. Much wasn't missing a ton of plays. Uh, like, like that's one of my bigger criticisms with him. I saw the field mostly well. Uh, it was mostly accurate. So not a lot, not a lot to complain about. I mean, not I don't think anything at all really. I mean, you can kind of nitpick. I think some of the first couple throws there, if anything. But it's still weird because like this doesn't totally change my whole perspective on Nick Foles. Like, obviously, yes, I was too harsh on him, but like. He's a, he's still this guy who has high highs and low lows. Like that doesn't change. Like that that reality hasn't changed to me. Like it's not like I can't look at that performance and be like, oh, he's just going to be this good from here on out, or he's going to be good from here on out. Like there's been low lows. We've said it all along. It's been said all along. He's a high variance quarterback, so you can get those really good games, and there could be bad games too. And that's what still kind of has me nervous about like any game that he starts in the future. But really. It really should only be one more. <laughs> he should only be really starting one more for this team. And that, of course, will be the biggest game of them all. So that'll be real interesting, man. I mean, I said it. I was kind of a little bit joking on the WIP show on Saturday where I was like, you know, if if Nick Foles finds a way to beat Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, I mean, they kind of just have to vacate all those titles that they currently <laughs> have. I think. Because seriously, though, like that would be like their, their worst loss in terms of like legacy and everything. Yeah. I agree, but at the same time, here's the thing. I mean, if Nick Foles plays like he, even like one quarter as good as he played in that game, but really, let's say he plays you know somewhat like he played the Minnesota game, maybe not quite as as all time great, but 
you know, I mean, the 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 rest of the the roster is better than those Giants teams that beat the Patriots. It's built like those yeah. Giants teams that beat the Patriots. I don't think it's that crazy a thought. And so obviously, what are you saying here? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> let's, let's save the 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 you know the 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 butter uh, before we. Bread it. I don't know what that saying is. The point is, I'm feeling really good right now, BLG. <laughs> the bread before we butter because, it? Because, <laughs> yes, yes, because there are 53 guys in that locker room and a coaching staff, and all they need is each other, and they all believe in each other, and I'm such a sucker for it because I totally buy into it. But, BLG, you kind of brought it up here. Let, let's kind of turn the page here a little bit. You know, we're, we're going to revel in this. The beautiful thing about the Super Bowl is you get that first week to really – you know, be excited and be like, hey, we, we're in Super Bowl. We're the NFC champs, you know, suck it, or NFC champs, suck it, everybody else in the NFC. Yeah, like, and then week two, you can kind of really start to hone in and start to be like, oh, man, we're in the Super Bowl. Like, it's go time soon. Um, but I do want to, you know, while we're talking here as the official, potentially maybe first guest ever of the afternoon QB, uh, I want to I really quickly look ahead Um to, to what's coming up here. And, and in a couple minutes, we're going to get to some over-unders provided by the great Stephen Lee, who it was awesome to see Stephen Lee at the tailgate coming yes. up with his uh, beautiful fiance. I mean, oh my goodness. They were, they were both just so much prettier than, than us. Uh, but but that's the beautiful <laughs> thing. And Stephen also uh, a brain to go with it. Awesome, awesome guy. So we'll get to that in a minute. And also a, a fun final thought coming your way from BLG. Uh, but... But I want to look at real quick, BLG, and look at the, kind of what's coming up. We're, we're going to get into breaking down the game. You know, we both kind of alluded to generally how we're feeling about this team. But what do you think, you know, looking in, and again, this is something that you're going to be involved in, but from a national perspective, not really the local perspective, our stuff, what do you think are going to be the biggest storylines? Obviously, I think we can both agree Belichick and Brady heading for six. It's always going to be a storyline. But outside of that, what do you think are going to be the biggest storylines that are going to dominate the Super Bowl coverage, nationally speaking, over the next two weeks? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind, obviously, and part of why you want to see this matchup is the revenge angle. Yep. I mean, it's completely different teams because it's been, what, it's been, what, Fourteen years now, or or thirteen years now. Thirteen years, yeah, wow. Jeez, no, well, fourteen, yeah, no, thirteen, two thousand four, two thousand five, so thirteen years. And it's not, and there's not a single player on the Eagles roster, right, from that team. No, 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 no. no, So, or even like, is there even a coach from that? I mean, uh, was Doug on the staff? That I don't know. I don't think so. Either way, like, I don't know if there's anyone in the NFL. Like, is uh, other than Brady, maybe Terrence Newman, uh, James Harrison. There are not many players still (laughs) in the NFL. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, exactly. So it's not like this specific team wants to, like, get revenge on them for that. But, you know, that's that was a big missed opportunity, you know, for the Eagles at that time. So kind of right that wrong, that kind of angle. Just the Nick Foles thing, obviously, just how Nick Foles has had such this weird career. Like, he's just clearly – He's clearly not as good as his accomplishments are. Like, right? I mean, we can at least agree to that. The people who are like love him so much, like he's not like this. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's not. But he's right. like doing. <laughs> he's done like Hall of Fame, Fame things. Yeah, like which is just a really weird thing. So uh, there's that, and if he could, you know, cap that off by beating Brady, I mean, geez. Uh, there's that stuff. I think there's um I think a lot of it's honestly just going to be geared towards the Patriots. I really do. And I think that's great for it's the awesome. Eagles. I think there's it's going to be all about, you know, this could be their potential last run even in terms of just like that ESPN drama, like that story and and all of that and how that shakes out, especially if they lose, you know? <laughs> like what if they lose? That's what I mean. Oh, what if they lose to like Nick Foles and all of a sudden it's like 
you know, there's this turmoil, and, like, that's the end of the era. I mean, I'll believe it when I see it, but, like, that's not out of the question after you see a story like that. And But I, I do think it'll be mostly Patriots-heavy, honestly. I think it's going to be about how, you know, they're this great team. I mean, the Eagles are the biggest underdogs in the Super Bowl since, what, the, the oh, Cardinals? Nine. Yeah, so I think it's – I mean, that's that tells me something in terms of, like – I think how the the national media is really going to slant their coverage in favor of the Patriots there, and and again, hopefully the Eagles they take that, they use it as inspiration, and give the, gives them maybe some more time to focus as opposed to having to deal with those big storylines out there. I mean, th- there obviously will be a ton of coverage on the Eagles as well, but in terms of the national perspective, I mean, I, I don't think this Eagles team is going to be uh, like. The, the the in the spotlight as much as they are. I I totally agree with you, and I totally agree that I think it's a good thing. Look, when Jeffrey Lurie's getting in on the underdog talk, I mean, like, oh, we're dogs again. Good, I like it. You know, like that. I'm not surprised. Whatever he said, like, you know, it's a thing, man. And, and I'm all for it. I, I said on the post game show last night, and I truly mean. I hope the Eagles are never, ever, ever favored again in a game ever by Vegas. Whatever I got to do to make the Eagles an underdog in every game they play ever again, I'll do it. Um, This is a real rallying cry and a real thing. Uh, I think that is going to be a story. The underdog thing, as as we bring it up there, I think you absolutely hit on that with Foles. Foles is the perfect type of story. He's a backup quarterback rising to that spot, hot and cold, coming off the, the one of the best games a quarterback has ever played in a championship game, which is ridiculous to say still. Uh, I can't even believe those words are coming out of my mouth, but but he played one of the best games we've ever seen in a, in a championship game like that. Um, so I think that the concept of his ride and the whole St. Louis debacle and then back to Philly and, and 2013 and all that is going to be a major storyline. And, and can this... This journeyman who's had the highest of highs and some of the lowest of lows go in and beat Brady. I think that's that's something, um, uh, you know, from an Eagles perspective. I agree. I think the Brady-Belichick six uh, rings, is it the end of the era, Gronkowski, blah, 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 blah. That is definitely going to be the talking points. But um, I, I think Foles, the biggest Eagles storyline. I, I think Doug P also has a chance to be a real storyline, a second-year head coach doing what he's done, especially what he's done since Wentz went down. Uh, and I think the whole Wentz thing as well, the, the storyline of Wentz twofolds. But I'm going to have one more that I think is going to be a storyline that's going to highlight for me before we get to Stephen Lee's on, over-unders. Uh, I'm going to give you an early thought on who I think a couple of really important players in that locker room are this week, and it's not from an on-the-field perspective per se. I think we've already seen that the Chris Long Blunt thing is going to be a, a bit of a storyline. Not a major one, but, you know, well-respected Patriots going up against their former team, Peter King even talking about it. I think that Chris Long and LeGarrette Blunt and Torrey Smith, but but especially those two guys against the Patriots, I think they are key figures this week in that locker room. Malcolm Jenkins, thank God that guy's won a Super Bowl, played in a Super Bowl, because BLG, I believe that the Super Bowl, the biggest advantage, other than having, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time and, and the greatest head coach of all time, for whatever that's worth. Um, other than that, you know, which is just the, the inherent advantage of being the Patriots, 
I think the biggest advantage New England has over the Eagles is is knowing what that Super Bowl game is like. You hear it every single year, the stories of the guys who say, oh, you know, you got, it's a different game. Like, you got to play. It's like two separate games, essentially, the first half. And then, the, like, the, how long the halftime show is. And, and you can't get too amped up for the first half. I think all that stuff really favors a Patriots team that, you know, has been there a few times. So I think the guys like Chris Long, LeGarrette Blunt. Torrey Smith, Malcolm Jenkins, guys in that locker room who have the experience of playing in that game, of winning that game, BLG, I think those guys are going to be crucially important in how this team, how this team kind of their mentality is heading into the game and halftime and, and managing what is ultimately a very different football game than they ever play any other time. Yeah, I always think that like that's a little bit that stuff can be overrated to some extent in terms of, like Super Bowl experience. Because I remember, I always remember people talking about like, oh man, Kerry Williams, he has a ring. Like, like okay, so what? Like he's not good. And then they're like, yeah, he has a ring. And then sure enough, he comes to Philly and he was terrible. Yeah, so I don't know what having a ring really mattered in that case. I think but, it's more when leaders have rings, guys like that. Yeah. And they're in the spot, too. I mean, the Eagles are in the spot. So, yes, they can use some of that information that they have about the whole experience, even if it's not even just about, like, the game, but just, like, hey, this is how you handle media week. Like, you know, this is how you have to space out your time. This is what I did. It worked for me. Like, little things like that. I think they can help. And it's not just those guys, too. It is some of the kind of, like, guys you you may forget about or even on the roster. Like, I mean, Chris Maragos is on injured reserve. He's a Super Bowl ring. Um uh, Daniel Ellerby does as well ah, um, with the Saints. Yeah, you have I Will Beatty even. Like you, with probably the Giants, the huh? Team. Yeah. I so, I mean, that. like you have some of those guys too who, you know, they've been there. They can share their stories as well. I don't know how much value it is as a whole, but it's definitely something that, uh, you know, they're. I mean, look, Doug Peterson had those guys. I think all of those guys specifically talked to the team before the playoffs. So, I'm sure he might. Maybe he'll do something similar again now that they're in this moment and kind of just have the get the guys ready to expect. And, hey, Doug Peterson, that guy is super boring as well. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he can share his experiences. Uh, I'm not too worried about that. I think that's going to be one of the bigger stories that probably gets a little more overrated. The Patriots just ha- – like, if you're picking the Patriots – to beat the Eagles and like that's your reasoning. Like I think that's a little silly. Like the the Patriots just have Super Bowl experience and oh, that's totally. why the Eagles can't I win. Totally. Like come on. No, yeah. that's ridiculous. But I again, I do think that for this one game, I don't think it playoff experience matters in the same way. But I think the Super Bowl thing does a little bit. You see it all the time where these teams that. Or, you know, like that Niners-Baltimore game, and obviously it had an extra long thing in between, which really changed the game with the with the blackout. But I feel like you see all the time where it's, you see two different teams in the first half and the second half. The uh, I don't know, like the last Super Bowl, too. Uh, but, you know, I do think – I think it's going to matter, and I think it's uh, – either way, I don't think it will matter as much because there are guys on this Eagles team that um have been there and are, are, are leaders in the locker room. BLG, lay us, uh, lay us with some uh, uh, Stephen Lee over-unders. Yes, these are brought to us by our, our good friend, as Jim Seltzer already introduced him, the lovely, the beautiful Stephen Lee. That's at Stephen underscore Lee 20 on Twitter, and that's Stephen with a PH. So uh, he's, he told me that he was toying with throwing out Super Bowl lines so early, but he said there's no reason we can't do more next week. So here we go, three over and unders for today's Daily Pod. The first one 
is is Ruben's Millie. Excited. Is that Millie it's or Ruben? Ruben? Ruben's pumped for the over-unders. It's his favorite <laughs> thing every just, week. He, he is pumped. He's pumped. Um, the first one, and Stephen Lee actually told me this one in person, so I've had a little time to think about it, so I'll throw it at or, or I'll go over it and I'll throw it at you, James. It is 21 points scored. That was the number of points the Eagles scored in Super Bowl 39 against the Patriots last time. So do I think the Eagles will score over or under 21 points against the Patriots? I think they get to the over, actually, on that one. I know um, there's been some – there's the chance that it could be low because it could be ugly from a Nick Foles standpoint or just the offense as a whole. Uh, they they had some rough patches in in uh, some of these games. I mean, like they only scored 15 against the Falcons. So I, I think, you know, you, you could easily take the under there. But I'm going to take the over because <laughs> maybe I'm just – I'm kind of – I'm riding high after this big offensive explosion. But there's just so many weapons on this team offensively and what Doug has been able to do that. And this Patriots defense, look, like they've tightened up since where they were at some points of the season where they were in a really bad stretch. But – Overall, I mean, this isn't like uh, an, an impregnable defense. Like they've given up points, they've given up yards. So I think it's it's quite possible the Eagles could hit the over on twenty one points scored. What do you think, James? Over easy. I didn't even need to think yeah. about it. Uh, you, that last point <laughs> you made. Not only you know is is Nikki franchise locked in, but uh, the last point you made is what does it for me. This is the worst Patriots defense we've seen in a while. I think uh, you know if they win, I would venture to say. It's the worst defense Belichick has ever won a Super Bowl with. Um, again, I, you know, we'll see where we come down on that. But uh, I think that defense is much more of a liability than it's looked over the last, you know, few weeks or whatever, last few months of the season where it tightened up a bit. There are holes there. I feel pretty good about the over there. All right. So now we are moving to Philadelphia Eagles sacks and i'm guessing this is sacks that they actually record and again for frame of reference here over um, they have yeah they (laughs) well they they have four sacks and nine quarterback hits in uh two playoff games so far and stephen lee put the over and under at two so you're you're you've already taken the over Over. blindly without knowing what it's going to be over and i think oh man i think i think that's honestly going to be a push that's not a good prediction to make because that's boring. But I think I think it really could be. I think it's going to be about that. Here's the thing with the Eagles' defense: like they're not they lead the they're not great at getting sacks, or like just sacks. You know what I mean? Like they they get a lot of pressure, but they don't always get the sack. Um, so ugh, I think it's a push. But you know what? I'm going to take the over as well because I think remember James and we were talking about the. I know this is this is a while ago now, but we were talking about the Eagle or sorry the Broncos Patriots AFC Championship game in two thousand. I remember it vividly, I actually. Like, yes, and and I was one of the few people taking the Broncos. You were. I was like, this pass rush is just going to unload on Brady, and then it did. So I think this Eagles defense, uh, this defensive line, you know, has been pretty dominant in these playoff games, and the Patriots offensive line as a whole is not some unstoppable force that's going to. Stop the Eagles here, and and Tom Brady takes sacks. That's the thing too. Like you know, Case Keenum is a guy who he's hard to sack. He kind of scrambles around. Uh, the Eagles. I don't think the Eagles even sacked him last night, other than a strip sack, which isn't like an actual act of bringing him to the ground. Brady will go down to the ground easy sometimes if you get pressure on him, uh, and he'll preserve himself. So I feel good about taking the over there too. A hundred percent. I like no question in my mind. I, I like you said, Brady will take sacks. 
I think this defensive line is going to be able to get pressure. And uh, like you said, I I think worst case scenario too, but I I think it's an over. All right. So the last one, the third and final one here, Nick Foles passing yards. That is at 260. I'm going to let you start in that one first. Who? Um, I think that's right around the number, if I had to say it. I think that in this case, because I I am not expecting the Eagles to sling it quite the same way or get be able to beat the Patriots with those long plays now that you know I think New England will be looking for that a little bit more now that they've seen Foles do it. I'm going to take the under, but just barely, and I think the efficiency is there. Yeah, I'm going to take the under too. I, I just... As much as that was a great performance by Nick Foles, again, there's just there's always a chance you get the you get the the version of Foles that isn't the best. So, and even then, I also it, think that that the Eagles are going to run the football on New England. I think yeah, I think they can if, run. I think you attack New England on the ground, and you can really have a lot of success. And he could have a decent game, like a good yeah, game, and not even get to two sixty. Totally. So I'm going to take I'm going to take the under on that as well, uh, and and that. Terrific, terrific job by Stephen Lee. So we will look forward to uh, more Stephen Lee over under next week. Uh, another Super Bowl batch. BLG, give us a uh, a day after the Super Bowl, a day after the Eagles throttle the Vikings in the NFC Championship, one of the great games, if not the greatest game, uh, at least in the Super Bowl era in Eagles history. Uh, what is your final thought before we get out of here today? I just the Vikings fans going into this game to me were were pretty lame. You know, we saw that thing about comparing them to gang members, and then there was the fact that I didn't even see a lot at the tailgates, and there was all this talk about how they were going to take over Philadelphia, and they were at the art museum, and they they shot a video to make it seem like there was like a, a thousands of people on the art museum <laughs> steps. In reality, it was like like twenty five, and they put the the Vikings colors on on the Rocky statue. It was like. What are you guys doing? Like, we're not even like a big rival of yours. Like, we don't even really care about you a ton. Like, you're you're being really aggressive about this, and and they lose in in horrendous fashion. I mean, that's one of the worst losses you could have in an NFC Championship game. Oh, yeah, to a backup because it was one of the best wins. Yeah, a team could have Eagles. as well. So, like, and then after the game. All the talk has been on Twitter just about how, like, oh, Eagles fans are, are so classless and they're the worst and blah, blah, blah. And there was that video going around of, like, you know, Eagles fans, like, or there's Vikings fans walking through a, a tailgate lot of Eagles fans and they were, like, getting flipped off and people were, you know, they weren't even really throwing anything at them in that video, I don't think, as much as, but they're, they're just getting heckled pretty heavily. But, like, come on. Like, like we're, for some reason... You know, that gets shared around on Twitter. And because it's in Philly, it's the dumb stereotype of, oh, it only happens here. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, to, to act like that, stuff like that doesn't happen anywhere else. It's just, it's so disingenuous. And it's really just coming from Vikings fans as a whole. I mean, the one guy on Twitter today, what did he say? He said here that uh, the NFL should strip Philly of a draft pick for fan conduct since they clearly can't police themselves. Oh and that guy's God. not even like... He's not even being over the top. Like that guy sincerely Yawn. actually believes that. Uh, it's just like, uh, give me a break. Like you guys are being so lame. You're being like, soft, and they don't have to be. Like you can say, like, look, you know, we lost. We had a we had a we had a good season, 
And Eagle Sands wouldn't even be like taunting you to this point, right? I mean, like, no, we, we don't, don't have care. That's personal. the point, BLG. We don't care. We don't. So just take your loss and move on. Exactly. Like, why do you keep like coming back at us? And like, now you're just instigating us even more to dislike you more. It's like, guys, you lost. Just take the take the L. Take the L. Walk away, and you're you know whatever. Go back to Minnesota. But I guess in a way. You know, it's it does it's more personal for them, I guess, just because of the fact that now all these Eagles fans that they hate are now coming to their city oh, to take yeah. over oh, hell yeah. the Super Bowl. I mean, I guess maybe I get it from that sense. Yeah, well, whatever. You're being soft. You lost. Get over. It's not like in in oh three we're freaking going after Panthers fans or you know oh oh two we're going after Bucks fans because we don't care about other fans. We care about ourselves. All right, uh, you know, and we'll rip teams. But, and, you know, we'll rip some fans if they're being a-holes, like, uh, you know, a certain fan base, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, but, uh, you know, just get over it. Minnesota, like, and that was the thing from the whole week, the stuff with Barchard, the stuff with, like, they were, like, searching us out. They were the ones trying to be, like, instigating, and we're going to put a dress on Rocky. It's going to be hilarious. It's like, like, the whole thing was so weak. And then when they get there, and then to just cry about it, listen, like, just go home. Just go home. Go back to Minnesota. You're not going to have the Super Bowl. You're going to have the Super Bowl there, but your team ain't going to be in it. And uh, and that's just is what it is. Get over it. It like I'm with you, BLG. That the softness is is just uh, it's just like the butt hurtness too. Like y- you lost. It happens. We all lose. It sucks. But um, you know whatever. Here's my final thought, BLG. As I I will attack a fan base that actually deserves to get attacked. I'm not really attacking the fan base. I'm just I am making a statement. And shout out to whoever put this meme together. I have no idea. Uh, a buddy sent it to me. But BLG, uh, this is not a, a... I'm not taking any shots. I'm not doing... I am taking a statement of fact here. This is my final thought, BLG. In the last 10 days, Nick Foles, two playoff wins. In the last 20 years, Dallas Cowboys, two playoff wins. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. I have to get a little in. Uh, BLG, uh, it has been a pleasure, my friend. Uh, obviously, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of content coming up on BleedingGreenNation.com this week. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much that I just forgot to answer you right there. My head is I'm, – I'm swimming. Like, I'm just – I'm I am just like oh man what do I even do it's a good thing it's definitely a good thing and I and I will I will battle through it but it's uh it's a crazy time and it's it's a good time get to work buddy uh and uh to everyone out there enjoy this uh we got a lot coming up a big game coming up at the Philadelphia Eagles your Philadelphia Eagles our Philadelphia Eagles are in the freaking Super Bowl and as BLG said we have a chance to go and avenge the wrong that was done upon us 13 years ago by these same a-holes. So hopefully uh, we're going to go see that happen next week. Until then, as BLG said, bleedinggreennation.com, content, content, content. We are going to have BGN radio episodes coming at you right and left. So keep an eye out for everything. And uh, again, thank you to BLG for, for taking the time out of his crazy schedule. And uh, we will be talking to you again soon this week. I am James Seltzer for the uh, either episode 296 or the uh, first guest appearance on the afternoon QB. Again, thanks to BLG. I am James Seltzer. Thank you for listening to BGN Radio Super Bowl Week Edition.
Take a look. 